Hello and welcome to Talking Hoosier Baseball. Today is Wednesday, September 28th, 2022. Uh, I'm Carl James, joined by Chris Feeney. Uh, the Indiana Hoosiers have now played both of their fall ball exhibition matches against other opponents. Um, they hosted uh, Eastern Illinois two weekends ago, and this past weekend they traveled to uh, Indiana State. You see a picture of that in my background here. Uh, and there was a lot to take in. Uh, both uh, matchups included uh, 14 innings of play. Um, got to see a lot of, especially a lot of new arms for IU pitch. Um, There's a lot that we got to take a look at. Uh, so Chris and I are going to uh, pick out a few things and just kind of talk about what we saw in those uh, exhibition matchups. Uh, Chris, what do you got for us? Well, first, I really thought... Um having coach switch it up and go to games earlier was big. I know this is the earliest we've got to go to opportunity for a fall ball game, but they're usually doing the drills, you know, almost for another month, I feel like. So I, I really appreciated being able to see them go out and play another opponent, especially with all the new faces, you know, whether it's incoming freshmen or transfers and, and, and all these new arms that we got to see, because obviously pitching was, was the big issue last year, right? All the football score games and, and we'd put up 17, but then we'd give up 18. And we got to see so many new arms over the uh, two 14-inning, you know, uh, weekends. And whether it was Eastern Illinois or Illinois, uh, Indiana State, basically it seemed like he ran the same rotation out, you know, and we got to see a lot of the guys twice, which was really cool. And, and in certain situations, like a lot of the guys faced certain parts of the order that they did both times. And I really liked the way he set it up. It was obviously done with a plan. Um, it was, it was really, it, it just gave a positive thought on the whole thing, just seeing all these new arms and, and from all different parts of the country, right? We got a guy from Siena, we got, um, Juco transfers, Western Kentucky, all these guys mixed around to this brand new pitching staff. Um, and, and it was really, really just, it was a positive vibe where, where the pitching from. You know, last season, obviously, sometimes until the end of the season really wasn't. So definitely looking forward to this new batch of arms. And, and I would think Coach Glenn is, too. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, in addition, at least yeah, I wasn't able to, to track velocity in the uh, second series. But in the Eastern Illinois series of the BART, um, I actually took a look at the velocities and really kind of tracked the uh, the um the pitch assortment and, and, and how they, how the pitch, pitch progressions worked. Um, and it seemed very different for this staff. Um, when you have typically in the past, in the fall, when you've seen an, uh, a pitcher that hasn't pitched for IU before, you tend to see it be very fastball heavy. And even in games, IU has traditionally been a bit more fastball heavy than, than other programs. Um, and, Maybe this is a side effect, I'm guessing, because uh, IU has generally tries to track with what uh, what the latest thinking is in professional baseball. Um, you know, and, and when you have a coaching uh, pitching coach that comes from the professional ranks, I think that tracks as well. So uh, it's becoming a bigger thing in professional baseball to throw more off speed pitches. Uh, hitters have, are, are like our hitters are, are getting very good at being on fastball timing, um, not missing fastballs. 
Um, and and you need to you need to mix it up. You need to mix up changeups. I know the staff likes the changeup as a secondary pitch, um, and then the various assortments of uh, of breaking pitches that uh, that these guys have. So you saw a lot of off speed, but that's not to say you didn't see you didn't see velocity because you did see velocity. You saw some 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 high velocity. Uh, you saw we actually had uh, a freshman hit the hit the D1 heat sheet um, at 96. So that's there was plenty of speed, but it wasn't dominated by speed. And it, it's like even if you if, if a pitcher is not quite ready or or doesn't have the ability in this game to hit both sides of the plate with a fastball, they're able they're able to go on a 2-0 to a changeup or you know be able to throw a slider or a breaking ball um, keep keep these hitters off balance um, and also use the stuff that they're able to locate. They're able to get into the strike zone because um, above all else, get the ball in the strike zone and let the defense take care of it. Um, you know, now we still did have five hit by pitches in, in 28 innings. Um, but that's not, I mean, that's again, it's fall ball. You, you, you you're going to see some of that. Uh, actually, the very first at bat was a hit by pitch. That was not a uh, <laughs> a great sign. That was the nod. That was the nod to last year. They just needed <laughs> to get it out of the way. Yeah, it was an eight pitch at bat. There was at least there was it was like on the ninth pitch that the that, that the guy. It wasn't like it was it was a plunk. It was like the guy's like foot barely got hit or something. But you know, hey, that stuff happens. Um, but you know, fall ball, lots of new pitchers. Uh, managed to kind of keep that uh, mostly under control um, strikeout to walk ratio that was, was pretty darn good. Uh, 29 strikeouts to 10 walks. Um, so it, almost a three to one ratio and strikeouts to walks. So hopefully that, uh, that will be a trend that will continue. Um, and to the point that coach made, um, it's really not that they're not going to spend so much time on individual drills, uh, but part of it is that a lot of the individual drills are going to be are going to now take what they've learned and the notes that they have from these two matchups and say, OK, this is what we learned. So let's go work on the things that uh, that we learned are either opportunities, things we can we can we, we can fix. Um, and uh, I think we saw some ups and downs defensively. We saw some really good plays. There were a couple of innings where things kind of, you know, mistakes kind of snowballed into into runs. But again, coach looks at that as a positive opportunity because that's hey, <laughs> that's the reminder that yeah, you need to you need to execute at a very very high level. Uh, a single mistake can lead to multiple runs. I think so, uh, and also with the drills. It's not that they were just four newcomers on the team, right? Last year, he's had a whole new hitting approach he's bringing in. And he also did mention that a lot of the bats are back, right? So maybe a lot of those drills were for the hitting approach. And and since a lot of the guys hit last year, and, and it's going to be a lot of the same offense, I think he didn't have to spend so much time early on that, which made a lot of sense to me when he explained it on the field when we talked to him. And as far as the, the pitching, you mentioned, you know, it was three to one strikeout to walk and stuff like that. And I already know, uh, I also noticed a lot of misbats, lots of swings and misses. And for whatever reason, I feel like last year we didn't see a lot of that, right? Um, I don't think we had guys confused. I don't think we had guys off balance. And again, the competition is what it is. But, you know, you're seeing the guys swing and miss and look confused. 
and and doesn't seem to you know be teeing off on our guys and also obviously the strikes that are being thrown <laughs> it, the walks and the hits by pitches is all that was going on last year so we were throwing strikes guys were missing uh you know swings and misses were big it was it was really encouraging for me obviously this is just full ball but you know what it could have went the other way we saw Eastern Illinois pitching change after pitching change and the doubleheader takes six hours. You know, we pitched clean. We really did. Uh, I think Clance got to be very impressed with what he saw, even if it's early on. And, and it just shows that the opportunities here for these new faces to, to make something work and work with Glenn and work with coach Mercer to, to really focus on being the new staff, right? These are the new, this is a new thing. Yeah, we got Holdfield, we got Ty. I'm sure there's no names that I'm, I'm not thinking of that are still here, but a lot of them aren't. Okay, this is a majority new pitching staff, and it's good to see. Um, I, I'm, unfortunately, I wish there was some more of these. I really like seeing them go at it against other competition, right? Um, but I am grateful it was early. I, I really like this setup better. And for whatever reasons, whether it was the hitting drills, whether it was what you mentioned as far as they're going to work on in their personal drills what they learned in these games. It was, it was a really good opportunity, and it was fun to watch. It really was. Um, the bats, okay, <laughs> 24 runs the first Friday night. Obviously, we did a little better. But I think the pitching was much better, much better on the Saturday at Illinois State. Okay, those innings were much more clean. It actually felt like more of a baseball game, right, where I think Friday night was like a mishmash, and it just – felt more like a scrimmage, to be honest. Yeah, uh, uh, Indiana State felt more like a game, right? The, 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 the couple of lead changes, it basically felt like what we play against them anywhere in a midweek. One of these wild games out in, in this Bob Warren field that go right down to the end and Donovan's hitting bombs and then Ashley's hitting bombs. And only the time now, it was Josh Pine and Colopy and, 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 and Carter Matheson. Well, Carter Matheson did hit one there in the spring so <laughs> okay yep 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 there's been so yeah. many of these wild games against them yeah. i'm mixing classes together i really am <laughs> we've had some fun ones against that indiana state yes yes we have um when i look at the stats the thing that, that comes out the most for me on the pitching end is you look at um the four guys, sorry, there were four, there were five, four of the five guys that, that pitched three full innings over the course of these two games. Um, uh, Seti Manez, uh, Ben Seiler, um, Luke Sennard and Gabe Levy, um, they uh, each pitched three innings, um, gave up no runs. Um, looks like it was only three hits and no walks in that group so that's 12 innings of work among among those four pitchers um that uh that only included three base runners uh it was some pretty impressive results out of that group um and it looked good too i mean the, the, and, and as we saw you know there were a few uh hoosiers who struggled um, and, uh, and, and these teams, these are D, good, solid D one programs, both, te both programs that uh, had winning records last year. Um, and when IU made mistakes, they capitalized on those mistakes. So I feel that, uh, the numbers, you know, are representative and all those guys pitched in both games. 
So I feel that it's uh, on the surface early on. Uh, there's a lot to be be happy about. But again, as I said, three total innings, two one game, one the other. Um, a big, you know, part of the big question is there's going to have to be guys that are able, you know, to pitch starter level innings and be effective for that. And that's what, you know, we're really not going to have a good picture of that until uh, <laughs> until mid to late February <laughs> to, to see, you know, what uh, what these guys are really capable of uh, when they when they go up, you know, on the road against uh, against really good competition. Um, so we will, you know, we will see that, um, you know, for the most part, we were feeling kind of confident about this, this point last year. Um, now that was all with a group of returning relievers. Um, and we do have our group of returning relievers. Um, like you said, uh, Chris, cause you do have, um, <coughs> um, Holderfield, uh, Kraft, Hayden, um, and then the other returner um, Bothwell. Is, is the starter Bothwell. Um, technically, Yoho is returning, but he has yet to actually see action in a in a game. So that's it. Five guys off of that were uh, that were on the uh, the staff last year, four of which pitched. Um, and uh, you know we don't know what those roles are going to look like. We know Ty Bothwell is capable of being a starting pitcher, um, but. But uh, what those roles, you know, look like will be based on, you know, if there's going to be competition for those roles. Plus, the other thing is you can't necessarily say that a starting role, uh, any starting role is more important than like the first reliever out of the out of the gate. Um, a lot of times the, that first reliever is almost like the third most important <laughs> overall guy on the yep. staff, that first reliever to come out. Um but it is it, it it's a huge number of arms, um, and I think they're going to be able to put together a staff of you know maybe eleven or so guys that are able to contribute on a consistent basis, um, and really they don't need to be fantastic. This uh, the capabilities of this offensive group. You're only looking out of this offense needing to replace uh one starter and um and at this point you've already got uh uh a, a guy who who already who's already made all all freshman team all big 10 freshman team ready to, to slot into one of those slots um you've got a uh you know a new freshman that's already uh making a lot of uh making a lot of noise out there so I'm feeling really good offensively. Yeah, they didn't perform fantastic at Indiana State. Uh, you know, to Coach's point, you know, offenses have, you know, have bad days, uh, weren't as dialed in as they should be, and it's something they can learn from. But we know what they're capable of. We know what these guys are capable of and are capable of producing and uh, and against really good competition like they did against, you know, Maryland in, uh, in Omaha. So, uh, I think there's a lot to be positive, a lot to lot to think about as a, as positivity. But there's also a lot of a lot that we just need to uh, sit back and <laughs> and 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 analyze and enjoy as the uh, as the rest of the fall progresses. Now they're not going to be playing any external um, teams anymore. They only allowed to do that twice. Um, 
but they're going to be doing drill work uh, and intra-squad scrimmages, and they've got about an, another month worth of work uh, to go here in the fall. Um, what uh, is there uh, one or two two particular things you want to you want to call out left about uh, what we saw? Any like any particular players? Well, I was thinking. I mean, you mentioned him without mentioning him just now, Devin Taylor. The show he put on Friday at the bar. Now, I've seen this kid play, you know, going up through Cincinnati, the high school ranks. And, and, of course, we knew he was coming. Okay, it wasn't like, oh, wait a second, who's this? We knew he was a five-tool guy. We knew he can run, he can field, he can throw, he can hit. We knew the baseball IQ was there. But to finally see it right in front of your eyes was really impressive. I mean, from the minute he got in the game to the minute it was over, he was either running the bases, making catches in the outfield, threw the guy out at third. I don't care what the ump said. He threw the guy out at third. Uh really really talented kid and and to have him playing first base now that i didn't know they're saying he played some in in high school i don't know maybe freshman year i did never see, heard about him playing first base and he looked good out there um, even when i was watching this uh when he was playing first at indiana state because of where we were sitting even when he was throwing the warm-ups he was very focused on his footwork on how to stretch from the bag whoever's working with him again he doesn't have too much experience there. What I tell you that I'm not, um, he really is taking it in, you know, probably looks at it as another challenge. Like I'm sure these guys do like, sure. I want to get on that field. I'll play anywhere. Right. Uh, I'll catch you. We're going to be enough to be the catcher. If you have um, but Devin Taylor was very impressive. Again, we knew who he was, but to actually see it right there was real cool. Um, I really look forward to seeing him. Uh, the progression of Josh Pine, obviously, we know who he is. We know what he does. But for him to hit three bombs already, uh, what was it, 13 total bases, right? He led the, the team in total bases from the stats that you put together. For, and great job, by the way, with that scorebook. Carl was all over it, whether it was the live blog at the BART or the gigantic scorebook at Indiana State. We had everything. And uh, Josh Pine with 13 total bases really – the sky's the limit for this guy, right? And and we know between him, Madison, and Tibbetts, they step up this year. You know, we're looking for a progression season. Okay, Carl mentioned a lot of the guys in the pitching staff last year that we wanted a progression season from, that we might have assumed, we did assume a progression, but we didn't get it, right? We didn't get it. A lot of the, the, the people, a lot of the players, we thought we're going to step up and do this and do that, and it just didn't work out. Now, I'm even more confident that these bats are going to do even better this year. And to see how good they were doing already, I think it, it, it sky's the limit for these kids. Uh, you know, at the plate, obviously, LS Glasser, these are vets. You know, we're not going to worry about them. But you know what? There's sometimes guys hit a little wall sophomore season. I, I don't see it from them. <laughs> this sophomore class has been through things we haven't even heard about, whether it's COVID and having the season shut down and having to work all on your own, all by yourself, right? This class is tough, you know, all around the country, not just Hoosiers, any D1 athlete, you know, they were forced to be able to do this on their own without coaching staffs, you know, a whole season lost and all this. And I feel terrible for them that it even happened. But really, what you're going to get out of it is that, you know what, you can do this on your own and they've motivated themselves. They had to. Some of these kids were like meeting up at batting cages just to practice. You know, you hear stories about town all around Indiana that were meeting anywhere they could to play but they were supposed to be doing it or not, you know, during COVID and all that time. So this sophomore season, uh, for Tib I look for Tibbetts, Madison, and Pine could really be a breakout 
you know, opportunity. I mean, who else? Uh, Taylor, those, those were big for me as far as, if I can just look real quick. A couple of things that I really liked seeing, well, just seeing Tyler Cerny on the field. Really nice to see him being with the program now. Um, great shortstop, all right, freshman. Uh, seeing Evan Goldforth at second base. He had some great turns um, at the bar, uh, you know, double plays and stuff. And it looks like they're going to really push him for maybe a middle infield spot. He was real impressive with the glove. Uh, Hunter Jesse at the plate, another one. Not that we don't know him, right? Um, I remember, what was it, LSU? Yeah, he's out there playing right field. We weren't exactly sure who he was. He wasn't this highly, highly ranked player. Um, but now we know him, right? He cracks, he hits it, he's hustled, you know. He's gonna. He's another person trying to keep somebody out of a job. There's a lot of competition on this team uh, to get on the field, and I think that's a good thing. But really, it was nice to see uh, from a lot of different players. It, you know, really good showing. I thought. Yeah, there was a lapse of offense in that second game, but even from that game, a lot of the impressive stuff um, was noticed. Yep. And that's gonna be. I mean, it's 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 gonna be tough because the, there are so many good outfielders. Um, and if you look at uh, I kind of sorted my, my list by OPS, you know, two of the three best OPS. Now, granted, they didn't have as many at-bats as the others, but even still, you know, Morgan Columpy and Ethan Vakrumba, uh <laughs> really hit well over the course of this week. In fact, Colopy had the best overall OPS because uh, he went uh, six for four with two doubles. So, And the bomb. Yeah. No, it yeah. wasn't the bomb. Colopy didn't hit a home run? Yeah, no. I don't, I didn't record one. Yeah, he hit one late. He won like the last offensive inning. I thought um, that went off the wall. I, I thought it was like a bomb. I think he hit a home run. We might have to check the tape, Carl. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I could be wrong. I thought he did hit a home run, but uh, Vakrumba had that nice triple at the Bart. I know that. I remember that slide into third. It was nice to see him out there, too. Um, one of the guy that was kind of quiet was Ellis that I was surprised, but he's catching for the first time in a while. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he just, uh, he had that game face though. He was absolutely taking it serious. I can tell you that. Um, when he took the field early on in the, at the bar, when we first started getting there, you would have thought he was about to be, you know, taking in a big 10 conference game, not a full ball, uh, <laughs> in the middle of September, but I, we know Ellis's battle be there. And let's see who else. I'm trying to think if there's. Yeah. Sorry, you're right. It was a home run. I don't know how I missed it. I, I was there, Carl. I remember it. <laughs> how did I not yeah. write that yeah. down properly? I mean, I wrote it down. I obviously didn't keep. So Colopy is number three. He has the best OPS numbers, and I didn't even write down his home run. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was the last offensive. So I guess it was the top of the yeah. 14th, right? Yeah. Yep. But lots of offense, and Ellis didn't even crush it like we know he can. But they, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, they took it very serious. I noticed too, and even in that defensive inning where coach explained to us about how the headset wasn't working or whatever, and there was some problems, that didn't bleed into like the whole game. That was like a one inning thing, couple of throwaways, and then, damn, what did it lead to later? Nineteen consecutive uh, pitching outs for us, right? Between different pitchers, nineteen batters in a row retired. Indiana State up and down. It was great. Yeah. But Ellis has made a progression in his game, which is the, maybe he's not always crushing the ball, but he still managed to hit 250. I mean, he's still managing, oh, yeah. to, get on, he's still managing to get hits. He's still managing to get on base. 
Uh, even if if the if he doesn't connect on a particular pitch in a particular weekend, he's he's still being productive. Um, yep. There's there are no holes. When this lineup gets going, there are no holes in it. There is no place to rest. There's no place, eh, we can throw a guy for an inning who we don't really trust. No. This this offense is gonna is is gonna challenge anybody. Absolutely. And then um this AJ Shepard, I could throw that name out for you. He was a catcher. He didn't get any action game action. He was warming up some guys in the bullpen. But uh, that's another bat. That's another bat. Maybe not. Maybe not in the non-con. Maybe that back comes around in conference play or even next season. But watch for AJ Shepard. I mean, he can he can crush it. <laughs> He's going to add some power to this lineup uh, at some point. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a, a write down on that one. Yeah, it was it was fun. It was a really good time, and I really thought that the opportunity for them, like they took it serious. It was it wasn't just you know getting silly with it or anything. Even in the 24 to 12 game. Those those runs that we put up late, I mean, they were out of the dugout. They were cheering. It was really, it was to me, it was impressive. Like if I'm playing a game and I'm up like twenty six to four or whatever it is, and it's practice, I, I don't know if I would have stayed so focused. But the 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 group really seems together, and and a lot of the guys who were playing late on Friday night, you know, maybe hadn't gotten in too much, and and the guys on the bench were were right there for them, and that was real good to see too. I think the leadership in the room is strong, but we know it is, right? Because most of the leaders are back, the, the voices in that room, whether it was Glasser and Ellis and, and Whalen, right? I feel like we haven't mentioned his name. We know that, that those three are really the, the rock of this, of this clubhouse. And, and I think it, it, this, the program couldn't be in better hands, you know? We, we've seen what happened last year. They've been through it. Um, all right, the start, what did we look it up? It was like one and six start and... You know, it didn't go well. And, and, and then you go back to the previous season, the end didn't go well. And, and so we want this year in 23, we want to come out of the gate strong and we want to end strong and we want to be playing uh, June baseball. It's been a little bit too long without having a chance to go to the regionals. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes, it has. Um, you know, which also led to uh, in the D1 listings, IU fell from uh, from the low 30s to 42 in uh, in program rankings, which is still an excellent program ranking for a big 10 uh, program. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That is a very good ranking. Um, uh, but, but uh, IU wants to be higher than that. Um, you know, IU wants to be able to be competing at an elite level as a, as a top 30 uh, division one baseball program. Um, and we How know they're they do those, Carl? How often do they do those? They do them. They usually do them every two years. It's been because of COVID. They, it's been a three year wait on this one. Um oh. So, uh, so yeah, it was, uh, about an 11 point drop, uh, you know, um, but, uh, you know, in the last five years, there was the, uh, you know, there was a re there were two regional appearances in the last five years. So that, uh, you know, that helped, um, you know, there's need to be some regional appearances and, and, you know, to get that number up, they're going to you know, be consistently in the regional and, uh, and hopefully go farther than that. Hopefully we'll go win a regional. That would be a, uh, yeah a real big help to this let's these guys are capable of it um you know the real real question we know this offense is capable of it the real question is 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 the pitching and the pitching depth the ability to 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 throw strikes and be able to do it for enough innings to to play four or five games and and not have a significant drop off um 
you know, drop off happen and, and have guys you can really rely on. You know, by the end of the season, um, it, you know, the, the, the first part of the season, it was it was really rough because the there was there was people were all over the place, including, you know, the guys that, that eventually figured it out. But there was a group that eventually figured it out. Most of those guys got drafted <laughs> yeah. and, and are playing professional ball now. Um, and I think it was important to see the progression of those guys. And and this is the thing we've IU is so blessed with. Um, with really smart coaches. And part of that, those smarts is that they're a humble group. They recognize uh, what the opportunities are. Um, they're not a defensive group of <laughs> group of guys. They are very smart. They, they, they see the issues. They understand what didn't, what didn't go well. And you can see the progression of the season that uh, the the Dustin Glant made with that pitching staff um, to be able to do what they did in the Big Ten tournament against you know the best of the Big Ten, uh, you know to compete that deep into the tournament and be competitive, uh, you know to be into that third. To, and this is the thing: it wasn't just that they beat Maryland; they beat Maryland in the third game. Yeah. Um, you, you you don't. They said it, it, it's never happened that an, that an eight seed has knocked off a one seed. Uh, to, as an, in an elimination game, that's not happened before. And the reason that it happened this time was that IU was able to maintain the the pitching that long. Um, now it was only that long because you know the uh, middle of the night game against Rutgers did not go nearly nearly as well. <laughs> Two in the morning, um, unbelievable. But you know the 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 number of pitchers that they have brought in, what they gone through in the uh you know in the transfer portal um to identify guys that that they think uh that first of all that have significant d1 experience that have starting experience um and then the fact that they're clearly already working with them uh on making vast improvements and you also have guys in different stages you have graduate students you've got guys that have just one maybe one maybe two years of experience um and of course you've also got you know, true freshmen don't know how many of them are gonna you know are actually gonna see action in the in the spring but you know you you put all that together and it's it's amazing and and the thing is they've already as a staff have shown what they can do they almost completely turned over the position player group last year and that group was exceptional so now it's almost a complete turnover of the pitching staff this season and if they can they don't even need to match that they just need to to come close to it they really just need to be able to to keep keep a game under control because i mean how many of those games that just got out of control were that where the the offense clearly scored enough runs to win almost any game game, we could have gave up 11 runs and won a bunch of games, but we gave up 17. I, I 100% agree with what you're saying. We don't need, to put it in like a football reference, we don't need the hot new quarterback, Peyton Manning, to take it over. We'll take a Chad Pennington, okay? We'll take a Chad Pennington. We'll take like, you know, the ball, the, the, the what do they call the, the game manager? We would take that with this offense. We absolutely would. It's such a great point. And, and the way you said it with the flipping from pitching to hitting, now we put expectations on, on on some of those pitches last year, and we are putting expectations on on hitters this year. 
but you know, for whatever reason, I feel better about it this way. And uh, I think there's more of a track record, right? The hitters have, have more years in the game, more experience than those pitches. A lot of us, we were just expecting a step up that next year and it didn't happen. Um, and you mentioned the, how deep we were in, in the Big Ten tournament. Let's not minimize winning four out of the five last big series to even get in the damn thing. Okay, that was big. And, and I, when we wrapped up the season, I know I remember saying it, like overall the, uh, the season wasn't a success. But if you just look at how the stretch run was, and if you look at the Big Ten tournament, how it was, it was a success at the end. It really showed that they could bounce back. But damn, if we could put it all together, uh, you know, we'll take that instead. Yep, we think the pieces are there. So uh, we'll continue to, to bring you uh, some updates throughout the fall. Um, there's going to be some scrimmages. Um, as we find out more of that information, uh, check our social media and the website. We'll, uh, we'll be getting that information out. We're going to try to keep everybody informed. Um, once we have a schedule, um, I will have my annual uh, RPI-based schedule analysis um, uh, about uh, the strength of the schedule. Um, the IU had a very strong schedule last year, um, best these the toughest in the uh, in the Big Ten. I would um, at least non-con uh, in the Big Ten. The, Big Ten itself is a, is a different animal. Um, so we'll continue to have uh, updates and information. Um, most of you are aware that uh, we're a couple of years away from from realignment and uh, and uh, California becoming part of the Big Ten. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that on those developments as well, which could have some, quite frankly, very positive benefits for this league. Uh, being able to add warm weather programs, uh, a perennial, really really strong warm weather programs uh, into the uh, into the league. Um, can really, really help the the growth of, of of baseball. And on a personal note, I just want to say, uh, you know, uh, I, I think me personally, my goal as a member of IUBase.com is to, is to kind of get everybody excited and try to get get what we can to let's just go break some attendance records at the BART next year. Um, I think this uh, this program is is close. I felt that we did a really good job as a fan base coming out uh, to a lot of the home games last year, um, despite the fact that, uh, that it was not a winning season. Um, I think kind of put all those pieces together. Uh, we can make the BART one of the, uh, the best home field advantages in all of college baseball. Uh, so that's one thing I'm looking forward to. Sorry, had to throw that in there. <laughs> Um, just I'll add the uh, for the MLB postseason, Scott F. Ross, uh, his team, uh, I might not mention the name of his team, but his team has clinched the playoffs. So he'll be uh, he'll be going moving on to the postseason. Kyle Schwarber, I don't believe they've clinched yet, Philly, but it really looks like they're going to move on. So we can have that to follow in the MLB postseason. Caleb Barriger, Elijah Dunham are also going to uh, they've advanced and they're currently in minor league playoffs. And you can definitely follow whether it's David Welch or Adpropo Hoosiers, you know, both those accounts. Uh, those guys do a great job with trying to update us with the alumni. But I just, to see Efros out there, it, it's rough that he's a Yankee. All right, I said it, but now nah, nah, I wish him the best. Uh, doesn't mean I'm going to be rooting for the Yankees, though. And uh, let's see, it's, it's hard to root for the Phillies, too, to be honest with you. Nah, uh, we got some Hoosiers in the playoffs, it looks like, this season, which is great. 
and and we'll just you know we'll move on to those interest squads like Carl said. Before we know it, I think we'll we'll be prepping for the uh, for the twenty three season. You know, opening day in February was it February fifteenth, sixteenth? Usually they open up seventeenth. I think is, is the 17th. likely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, looking forward to another season. It was great to see the guys out on the field, and um, you know we'll see what's in store come February. All right. Well, thank you very much, Chris. Uh, So for Chris Feeney, uh, I'm Carl James. See you at the BART.